Welcome to Personally Invested. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. This time I sit down with Mike Reed. Mike is a partner and senior portfolio manager at Blue Bay Asset Management in London. And Mike is one of my favorite people to run into in London because he is a true Renaissance man, a bon vivant. Whether it's food, wine, clothing, racing cars, knowledge of almost any subject, Mike is an incredible personality and I think you'll really enjoy the conversation that we have about the importance of Canadians investing in fixed income, not just in Canada, but all around the world. Enjoy. Mike, thanks for joining us on Personally Invested. Great to, to, to see you, for, first of all, because uh, we've been friends for many years, but uh, especially uh, to be able to, to tape this in, uh, in London, uh, where, where you live and uh, the fabulous Blue Bay offices uh, that uh, we have the opportunity to visit. Uh, again, welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. So it's great to be speaking to you again and great to see you and your colleagues here in London this week. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we're doing this as a podcast and not a video cast because you are wearing, as you'll get to know Mike, he is, he is truly one of London's uh, bon vivants. He has a uh, spectacular waistcoat on. Uh, that uh, that is really worth seeing. We'll uh, we'll we'll post the picture uh, with the podcast. Uh, but uh, and then he's uh, he's given me a lovely waist coast myself, which is the uh, the uh, the British flag. It is the, it's a uni- it is a Union Jack waistcoat, and you're wearing it very well, I might say. Oh, very well, very well. Well, I, I, I've I've uh, I've I've been traveling and eating a little bit too much. <laughs> it, 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 it may it may not fit. We may need to get that altered. But that's not that's not why people are are here. Really want to really want to get uh, get to to know you a little bit because again, you've got such an interesting history. Uh, in terms of the investment industry, you know what 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 got you started in in in, in investments and and along this career path? Wow, well, taking me back a few years now. Um, I guess my background. I started. I trained as an engineer uh, and graduated as an engineer back uh, in the late eighties. And at that time, the London financial scene was was booming. It had just taken off. Here we'd had the big bang. Uh, and the London and the American banks were moving over here, um, and they were bringing a different type of uh, financial expertise into the markets here. Uh, and the traditional stockbroker model of picking stocks and shares uh, and taking an agency commission um, that was that was changing rapidly here in London. And they were looking for people who were financial engineers. Uh, and I was recruited into the Salomon Brothers. That's a name from the a name from the, the blast from the past there, but as on the trading side, which was a phenomenal training and discipline in the markets to work with some of the the biggest names, some maybe people shouldn't remember so well now. But uh, uh, let's 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 breeze over the ninety one treasury scandal. Um, but uh, there was there were some amazing amazing financial brains there, and what we were looking at was we were looking at looking at using finance uh, and using engineering, using mathematical methods to look at financial markets and look at analysis and be much more rigorous rather than the let's go and have lunch and a glass of wine, which is also quite nice, but is maybe not the best way to be managing your money. And that's, that's where I, had my, I learned my, my discipline. I was in an arbitrage group there. I moved to Japan, spent a couple of years there, which was very, very interesting for a six-foot-tall, fair-haired gentleman standing in, in, in Tokyo. I, I definitely stood out on the tube. Um, and that was, but that was fun, and that was a really amazing experience for me. I learned a lot out there. 
Um, and then I worked in derivatives. And from 2001, 2002, I joined some former colleagues of mine in working in a, in a hedge fund uh, that they'd set up. I'm doing in convertible bonds, which had become my speciality this time. So I've been working in convertible bonds since about 94, 95 as part of the derivative group, managing it for Salomon Brothers. Then in 2007, I was given the opportunity by the, the founders of Blue Bay, and we'll come back to the Blue Bay history, I suspect, in a minute, Hugh Willis and Mark Poole, to come and join Blue Bay, which at that point was a $12 billion organization. So it was, it was pretty punchy hedge fund at that time to come and set up just not just a hedge fund, but a long-only business here here at Blue Bay in the convertible bond space, and I've been doing that. I've been doing that from for about ten years or so. But as you're aware, in the last year or so, I've got very. I've done a lot of work with Canada. I've, I've travelled a lot there through the uh, Can, uh, Canadian uh, products that we've been doing, and met with a lot of people there. And I've got to know the RBC business well. So I've taken on a role in the last year of working much more closely as a strategic partnership role with RBC. And that's the role I have in the business today. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that really, really goes to, 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 to the meat of what, uh, what we want to discuss today, which is uh, for, for Canadian investors, uh, that, that need to be, it, it, uh, we'll go along two fronts. One, one that Canadian investors need to be invested outside of Canada, and you've got some very interesting thoughts on that, uh, but, but also the, the need to be in, in specialty types of fixed income. So as you mentioned, convertibles and some of the different programs that are run here at Blue Bay are just something that you're not going to get in most places in Canada. So maybe we'll start with uh, global and, and investing globally and obviously the perspective that, that that's a little different from someone who grew up in the industry in London and Tokyo as opposed to on the streets of Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, I, I think we ran some stats the other day for the, the presentations we were looking at when you brought some colleagues here. And Canada fixed income, we're fixed income specialists. I should mention that, by the way. Blue Bay's speciality is fixed income. We don't do anything else but fixed income. Some stocks? We don't do stocks. No. Uh, uh, what else could we do? Uh, we don't Canadi do Canadian stocks. We don't do a lot of Canadian stocks. In fact, so we fixed, do fixed income only. We're, fixed income is where we're at. Okay. Uh, we wear t-shirts that say "fixed income are us." <laughs> if that's correct, maybe not English. Maybe is not our, our strength either. Um, but we specialize in fixed income, and, and Canadian fixed income represents about three percent of the global capacity. The global, wow. Uh, which, which, which might you know for a such a strong and developed country as Canada, and that includes the corporate bond as well as the government bond market, it's quite small. So there's, the, you know, as we say, there's a whole lot of world out there. Yeah. So we look at the other 97%, um, and that's our speciality, and there's a lot to look at there. We have te deep teams in um, uh, European fixed income, uh, in corporates and governments, in emerging markets, where there's a lot, there's a lot of things to look at there, both in local currency and sovereign. We look at high yield in Europe and in the US. So there's a lot for us to look at. But what we then do is we commit a lot of, uh, we invest a lot of time in people and developing our analyst teams to look at the fundamentals from the bottom up. Because I can imagine from Canada, as I'm talking about the rest of the world here, and say, well, there's some scary stuff out there. Once I start mentioning EM, people, people tend to run. But that's why we need to think about what we're doing and pick the right companies. So we travel a lot. 
We looked at them in, in the last year, our EM team between them traveled to 120 different countries to look, to, to, to examine on their own. They're talking to corporates, they're talking to sovereigns, they're meeting finance ministers, they're meeting the heads of the ECB, they're meeting even members of Trump's administration. I know. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently there, somebody there does have something sensible to say, but we, we need to hear it. And these are important. Yeah, yes. These are all data points for us to put together. It's part of the mosaic we're trying to establish to work out what's going on in the globe and trying to manage the, the money that we're looking after for our clients more effectively. So, so absolutely critical for Canadian investors to be to be looking outside of Canada, and and I, I you know it, it it's so amazing having again worked and, and grown up in the industry in Canada. And, 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 and the number of 3% is, is bandied about, but, but I don't really think most investors uh, get, get beyond and, and, and think about just how limiting that is. You're very comfortable investing in Canada, but it's just such a small part of the world. And, and there's so many opportunities out there and you just have to be a part of it. Yeah, not only is it a relatively small part of the world in terms of fixed income, it's actually, if you look at the characteristics currently of Canadian markets, you've got around about two and a half, three percent yield and about eight years of duration. And that's probably, maybe, maybe you don't want to be at this point in the cycle. If yields are going to rise, first of all, you've not got a lot of yield so, to help you and the duration is going to hurt. Um, and if, if that's the scenario we're looking at. Um, so what we, a lot of our asset classes we look at have shorter duration, so less interest rate risk, but also they have higher yields. But obviously with those higher yields, there can be greater risk potentially. These are different characteristics. So what we specialize in is looking at those risks and picking the right sovereigns, picking the right companies and understanding them to make the best investments. So so, so that's the global angle. Now let's take a look at the, at the specialty angle. So again, a, a lot of portfolios that, that, that when I've worked with clients over the years, very focused on, on, on sovereigns. And again, particularly in Canada, Canadian government debt or high grade corporate debt. But there's a whole world beyond that, which is so important. And, and, and Blue Bay really gets at, at that. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I can pick a couple of examples that we look at by being close to the market. Things like in high yield, we, we spend a lot of time within our investment grade team using a bit of flexibility to look at companies that are gonna become investment grade. We anticipate that. We, we work with the ratings agents, we understand, we put a lot of time into it, we speak to management, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to achieve an investment grade rating? In which case, we anticipate that and we allocate a small portion of our, of our investment grade portfolios to that. We use our flexibility to generate returns rather than waiting until the event's been done and the news is out there and people then buy it, but it's already priced in. And you've lost that pickup there. And that's the way we can add extra value just in terms of technicals. And then there's in terms of individual companies. It's, it's looking the management in the eye, looking at the, looking at the, looking understanding the industries, and then understanding some of the trends, understanding ESG and incorporating that into our portfolios. You know, ESG for us is a concept that we've always used within our portfolios. We now have more of a label for it, but we have to understand what the implications are for that. And good governance within income, that's a fundamental credit risk, good governance. You know, environmental risk. We don't want to invest in companies that are you know, throwing their, their rubbish out into the river behind. 
behind the factory because that's going to catch up with you and that's going to be a bad investment going forward. So we need to be aware of that. So we think about those things. But also within the ESG, and I think this is very important how we're looking to the future, is that we're now trying to work out what ESG means for other investors and what impact is that going to have on future returns and flows, which will have an impact on pricing going forward. And those sort of factors are very important, as, as important, I think, as some of the fundamental factors these days. And that is, it's, it's, it's so critical that, that investors focus on every way that they can diversify. And I know with, with equities... You know, I, I think even moderately sophisticated investors have gotten to that understanding of diversification and equities. I think it's less known uh, with, 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 with retail investors in, in general, the importance of diversification with fixed income. And you've given some, some, some great examples of, of why that's so important. W- one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast with some of the other guests we've had, because I, I think it's so fundamental People think of investment management strictly as the numbers. And obviously the numbers are important uh, as an engineer and the engineering background and and how many more engineers or financial engineers are coming into the industry. Uh, Obviously the numbers are important. But but also when, when you're looking at a firm and having success and sustainable success, just like the way you, you would look at a company uh, or a country, uh, having a, a strong culture and a culture that allows those great professionals and those mathematicians and engineers to thrive is also critically important. And, and when you're here at Blue Bay, you feel that. You feel a very special culture here. How would you describe that culture yourself, having worked in it for such a long time? And, and, and why do you think it's important to the success that Blue Bay has? One of the things we really bring, and I, I have a fortunate, uh, a fortunate, I've worked on both sides of the fund management industry. I, I was being, worked as an alternatives manager and also as a long only manager. But what we've tried to do all the way I've been, since I've been at Blue Bay, is one of the reasons I joined Blue Bay was that the, the founders of the company always felt that they should be run together, that you bring an absolute return mindset and, and protection of capital within what you're doing from a long-only side. It's not just purely about a benchmark. Um, we're trying to generate returns to the upside, make sure you're right, in the rest, right point in the cycle to be invested and the right point to be out. And that takes, you have to be a little bit braver and be, and be bold with some of your decisions there. But that requires a process, a repeatable process, and that's what we've tried to develop here at Blue Bay. That's also why we specialise. We, we, we don't do equities here. There are, there are parts of RBC again, that do equities very well. That's not what we do. We specialise on fixed income and global fixed income, and that's what we're looking at. And so we bring those processes and the, the alternative and the, the, some of the alternative approaches and the way that some of the hedge funds understand and look at things in a more active way, along with the traditional long only, and bringing and combining those and getting the best of both worlds in there, I think is very key to our long-term success and future returns. Great. Well, Mike, uh, thank, thanks for your time uh, on, on the podcast. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and, and thanks for, uh, for, for, for hosting me this week uh, in your beautiful facility. What I think we should do right now is we should go grab a pint somewhere. Sounds like a great idea. There's a lovely pub across the road. And for once, Dave, you're buying. Well, I, I think I could do that. That, that, would, that would be my absolute pleasure. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Personally Invested. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at rbcgampodcasts at rbc.com.